Hello. Hello. Did everything go? Did everything go smoothly with the music? Oh, absolutely swimmingly. It was brilliant. Absolutely textbook. Nothing's gone wrong at all. It's all perfectly fine. Has everything fucked up? No, not really. I'm just having one of those days, Nick, where um, I had a an anxious moment on the way home. Near-death experience? Well, I tell you, I was on my bike, uh-huh. and, and I was coming down a hill, uh-huh. and I was getting ready to go past uh, a line of stationary ca- uh, traffic on the outside, which is... Right, which so is, um, that's trucks and cars carrying paper and pens and stuff like that, right? Absolutely correct. Right. And uh, so I was in the stationary district. And right, um, yeah, I was on the outside because it's safer. Because because you, <laughs> you took you took what? my joke and plussed it. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. I went uh, uh, yes and yeah, yeah. That's uh, I listen to comedy bang bang. Hold on. <laughs> <sighs> I um, <laughs> it's a lovely cup of coffee. I've oh, um, good. I've ruined myself for uh, like you know I've got a filter machine. Yeah. I can't use it anymore because I got bought one of them um, uh, mocha pots. So you know, like oh. those, you know, like those. Uh, you you put water in the bottom. It's all metal. Put water in the bottom, and there's like a little filtery funnel that sits on top of that. You put the coffee in that, and then you screw the top on, which is like the little pourry bit on top. And then uh-huh. you boil the water, and the boiled water goes through the coffee, and bubbles out the top, and makes the most delicious coffee you can possibly imagine. Oh, um, you're painting such a word picture that I can just smell it. <laughs> oh, look at look at that coffee! Isn't it wonderful? And now I don't like filter coffee anymore. So I made myself one before the um, podcast. It's cheering me up a little bit, and also gave me a little bit of a caffeine buzz, which is quite didn't, nice. Didn't the filter coffee uh, mm. ruin you for instant coffee? I was away last week. I'll tell you about being away last week later on because I'm sure that'd be interesting to everyone listening. Um, right. Actually, I know it'd be interesting to everyone. Or at least one fifty percent of the people listening to this will uh-huh. be will be interested. Um, you mean you, right? Yeah. Um, right. So I'm I'm overtaking the traffic on the outside, and I'm just getting out of my saddle because I'm going to have to start pedalling uphill, and I need to go quick before traffic right. starts coming the other way. Isn't that thing where you straighten your legs so your bum goes up and it yeah, looks like yeah. you're a sports person? Yeah, you cool. lift, okay. lift up out the saddle so you get a bit more uh, uh, go, go, yeah. go, go power. And did I you felt, make a noise? Did you go for him? Yeah, no, I said, Whoosh. Hit, "Hit me now!" And then, um, then the, the brass started playing, and I said, um, "Cycle power, up, cycle power, up, hit me!" And then um, I felt this <laughs> this wobbliness. Beneath <laughs> beneath my my left foot, I went oh 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 this has happened before oh you're Daniel Day Lewis and then and then everything went all a little bit wobbly and uh, my pedal fell off oh no mm. so um I managed to get myself safely to the side of the road and uh, put my bike down not too not too graciously either but I put me uh, graciously not gracefully. Gracefully, all and, graciously. And I'm like, I'm all ready to turn around and go and pick up my uh, my pedal when two cars run over it, <gasps> um, which distressed me. Although, funnily enough, the Mercedes that could have stopped and, and let me go and get it, I drove over it and it gave it right clunk underneath. So I'm hoping it's done a decent amount of damage. 
Um, you want to be careful, mate, because that's mm. like. Have you have you watched the Final Destination films? Yeah, oh yeah, I've watched all of them. Yeah, because there's the first one. Yeah, that's right. And then there's the second one, isn't it? Which is an aeroplane. And then the second one's a motorway Mm. accident. And then, hold on, there's a third one, isn't there? Yeah, and the third one... Mm. Oh, shit, what's the third one? It's probably MRSI. It's an MRSI outbreak in a hospital. I thought it was at a fun fair. Oh, yeah, no, it's a fun fair. It's on a roller coaster. (laughs) And then the... and then the fifth one is actually think, inside um, uh, Capabari's womb. Yeah, and the si- the sixth one is um, it's a bunch of teenagers who uh, narrowly escaped an air crash because they, they bring it round at the end. They an bring it round crack. to the first film. They 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 narrowly avoid being in an air crash and they go to this um, uh, resort. Mm. This resort on a on a remote island. Um, where this guy has been cloning, uh, uh, cloning dinosaurs from, um, am- am- like amber, uh, amber mosquitoes. Um, Is she? and, and so they're, they're going to go to this place. They're going to go to this place where there are all these dinosaurs. And then one of them has a vision that there's going to be a disaster and the dinosaurs are going to outbreak because nature finds a way. Always. And, um, and uh, and so they decide not to go to the island, and they narrowly escape the carnage, and then all of the other people on the island die, except yeah. Jeff Goldblum and maybe Sam Neill. Mm. And then through the rest of the film, uh, the death that they had evaded by not going to the island uh, 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 chases them. Oh. Uh, through a series of uh, health and safety mishaps. So a bit like um, a 1970s uh, instructional video like you know don't play in the the electricity transformer don't yeah uh, oh I, I was away at this thing last week right don't play in the transformer because if it transforms while you're in there yeah. oh, oh you absolutely pissed on my joke i'm so gutted oh sorry i was, I was at the um well, hold on let me um let me reframe that so uh funny you should say that nick um <laughs> i was away <laughs> I, I was it's, it's like uh, listening to us podcast is like listening to two uh drunken old men fight over the lowest hanging fruit on the <laughs> the only pear tree on the island that was it's, do you not remember us arguing over whether mm, or not that should be the title yeah it would have been it have been a good title i still maintain that <laughs> oh no um i was away at a thing i i work at a hospital in the estates department where they fix things yeah, when, when they go wrong and they try and stop the hospital from falling apart, which right. I, I mean, I mean to tell you, it's no mean feat. And um, right. uh, what was it? This training, training thing. It was essentially really for managers, so it was mm-hmm. all a bit. Mm. But uh, they took us round to look at some of the stuff, and they've got this high voltage equipment. And uh, oh, uh, they uh, they showed us a transformer, and uh, the guy said, Do "You know what sort of transformer this is." And uh, it was all very quiet for a little bit. And then I leant over to the bloke next to me and I said, I'm sorry, I've got to say this. He's like, what? I said, he's a Decepticon, isn't it? Um, no, one heard, <laughs> no, no one heard me, but he did. And I got I got the joke out. So I didn't make an arse of myself like, yeah. in a wide range. Um, it was quite a focused sort of uh, um, making a pride myself but i'm glad i got the opportunity to do so and i'm glad i got to share it with you now so this sitcom because it sounds interesting right yeah. so it's about this guy 
who works in a hospital in the procurement department trying to keep no things going. Maybe no, I mean that. All right, he could start there. The, it that keeps st- the budget down yeah. a little bit because that mm. keeps the budget down a little bit because you don't have to do all of the um, the stuff in the wards. You could maybe have a wisecracking doctor come in every now and then, uh, making was, some I, comment. I tell you, it start it can start in the procurement department, but then he can have like um, a screaming great nervous breakdown, and then uh-huh. uh, a year later it could be set in an estates department, maybe. <laughs> yeah. That sounds good. That's like season three, season four sort of thing. But then yeah. in the final episode, mm. um, in the very final episode, mm. it uh, what had happened is um, it it the scene would open and it'd be really quiet and all of his storylines would start like finishing off and it'd turn out that he was a coma patient. Yeah. In the um a coma patient in the coma ward which i know every hospital has yeah, down yeah. in the basement oh, yeah yeah very important and all of ward, all yeah. of the different funny characters you'd see them all mm. come through and one of them would be like a cleaner mm. uh, one of them would be the the person who has to come in and wash his balls to make mm. sure his balls don't get funny uh the uh, his boss would be a person who who comes in and, and does his manicure like to keep his nails clipped. oh yeah 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 and the final scene would just be um, on 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 one of those people, someone who maybe turned up in the first mm. show and the first like season, but then had been ditched after the first season. But mm. everyone always thinks about them fondly, and they'd come in, and it had turned out that they were like um, the hospital administrator or something, who uh, whose job it was to close down the coma uh, the coma ward because uh, no uh, uh, none of the people in there are really ever going to wake up. And then the last shot would be them leaving and switching off the light. Uh, the, symbolically, that means they're switching off all of the people in the in the coma ward. And then it'd close on the 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 big giant guy uh, who the whole thing's been about. It'd close on his face because that's pathos, isn't it? And uh, in the background, you'd have the, like that flatlining noise. Yeah. <laughs> and and that, it'd just that... be it would hold for about thirty seconds and then just black and then um straight to the one show yeah i i think we've done like i think with sitcoms normally you're supposed to start with the show bible and then work out the finale when eventually viewing figures have got to the point where you have to finish the show i don't believe in god though so that's no good to me all right okay okay good um i um I, i work with a you might be able to relate to this uh, I work with a Greek Cypriot lady who is right. just the most delightful human being I think I've ever had the pleasure. Doesn't to have sound known. like any Greek Cypriot I've ever met. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't recognise her. She's lovely, uh-huh. um, and she was in the corridor at work today having a FaceTime with a one and a bit year old granddaughter, and it's uh-huh. poss- possibly the cutest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Because she kept going, say hello, yeah, yeah, say hello, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It was so. Yeah, so, a Greek word. <laughs> she loves being a yaya, and uh, it, it was so sweet. It tickled me, and it also made me think of you a little bit. So um, a thought of you got mixed up in a really sort of quite lovely thought today. I don't really know how it got there, and I won't let it happen again. My um, Maya's quite a grumpy lady. Um, I uh, my the I I find it a bit weird since Facebook started letting everyone see. A, I think you can probably lock it down, but Facebook started letting everyone see every th- conversation you get into, whether you're friends with a person <laughs> or yeah. not. Mm. And, and the thing is, my my dad 
is broadly, I think he's on the right side of most things ideologically for a guy his age. Yeah. I, th- I think he's all right. He was a bit of an old hippie. He's still got quite an open mind. Um, he tries to keep his brain ticking over, uh, but, you know, I mean, he struggles most of the time. Don't but we like, all? <laughs> um, he's, he's trying to keep it going. But, like, he keeps getting involved in conversations. <laughs> he doesn't quite understand my version of irony, because mm. okay. the old Greek man version of irony is a little bit yeah. more obvious. Um, and and I've just noticed, uh, just as I was uh, scooting past Mixler on the, uh, on, the, um, on the computer, I noticed that he's commented on a conversation that I was having with someone on um, on somebody else's thing. It was definitely I was having a conversation with someone who's pro-Trump. And I just know that my dad's going to do... You see, there's this thing that happens, and I think it's because I present a little... Because I've got a nice bottom. Yes, I can um, certainly attest to that. And I'm quite delicate. Uh, men on the... And this is funny, because people have... People have I mean, no one worth bothering with. But people have accused me of mansplaining in the past. So it's quite funny because uh, because of my dainty bottom and the fact that I'm quite demure online, men in my life uh, uh, have this tendency to look at conversations I'm having online and, uh, and think, do you know, the little lady needs a bit of help. I'd better jump in. And I'm worried that that's what my dad's done with this guy because I was already being a bit of a dick to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got a sneaking suspicion because I don't care it's a friend of someone I know I don't care about their feelings I only care about the person I know but I'm dreading seeing what my dad's actually said I'm having trouble to... I'm having trouble getting my head around this because I can't imagine anyone white knighting at you no it's weird it's difficult mm. to imagine that happening isn't it I, I can't imagine someone in a, a lonely hotel room many miles <laughs> away from work getting boiled up into a frothy rage uh, about people he perceives to be um, doing you a disservice. I and appreciate becoming anyone who do that. In, in, incredibly clumsy white knight who really probably wasn't ultimately helping anyone. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, no. I want to know about this paedophile that you cycled past. Paedophile. Yes, yeah, so you, you're cycling past a paedophile. Of course. Oh, your pedal flew off, and I got really confused. Oh, oh Jesus. That's what happened. Not as confused as I did. That wasn't at all a stretch, was it? So you need you need to be careful, James, because I know that when the pedal first started coming off, you thought, I'm in the road. I've got to get out of the road. Mm. This could be dangerous. So you got off the road, and you probably felt like, at that point, you were safe. Yeah. And that's the point in the Final Destination movies where somebody drives over your pedal and you think oh that bastard mm. and then a mercedes drives over your pedal mm. you hear it rattling around underneath you go you allow yourself a laugh of triumph you go ha, at least my broken pedal is screwing with the bottom of their car and then the pedal like skips out the back of it um hits a bus in the window the driver mm. panics the bus drives into you you're dead instantly yeah that might happen you never know that's how it happens in those films. Yeah. I've reattached I, the pedal now, and I'm looking at it, and I'm worried that I haven't aligned it correctly. To be honest with you, Nick. God, mm. I don't think they ever. I don't think the deaths ever play quite the long game to that extent. Yeah, yeah. It's unlikely that you'd fix something, and then the next day you'd go back, and something bad had happened. Yeah, there's there's a chance, but it was all very stressful because obviously I go and pick Scarlett up from school, so yeah. I was having to repair my bike, 
phone Nicola uh-huh. to try and arrange for someone to pick her up. And, oh, it was it was quite the, it was quite the scene. It left me quite a flutter, Nick. To be oh. honest with you. So yeah, I was quite uh, quite anxious up until I've, I feel quite relaxed now. But it's because I'm chatting. How do you get her to and from places? Do you give her a backy? No, I don't let her smoke at all, mate. Or a fronty, or what is it where they go on the handlebars? Um, I believe in Southampton, it's called a dubby. All right, um, but no, I don't. Oh, you know, uh, people not hearing when you make funny little comments. We were, uh, I was at this training thing last week, uh-huh. and uh, he was going around the the class um, asking people what sort of trust uh, they work for, and he was like, "Mental health, you're a PFI, James, you're acute," and I said, "Thank you." Uh, and then I said, "Yes, I am." Uh, sometime later, after the uh, after the the days learning had, had finished, this uh, this uh, Scottish guy called Duncan, who's a, you know he's been an engineer for years in his early sixties, came up to me and he said, "James, I like what you did there. That was very funny, and that that felt uh, good to me." That because the guy uh, the guy taking the course didn't acknowledge it at all. Because uh, had yeah, you remembered had you remembered all day what it was you'd said? Oh yeah, I was very pleased with myself. Because <laughs> I can't. People keep to, whenever people do stuff. I don't really listen to myself when I'm talking. Mm. So um, it was so, a very, it was a very, um, uh, it was a very still moment that I dropped it in. It wasn't like, you know, like where you you start talking. At, at what time do you get to work? Who me? Yeah. Uh, today eight. Uh, 8.30. So, like, on a typical day, then, you'll get to work at about 8, 8.30. Yeah. And you'll pretty much start talking immediately, I would assume. And yeah. then, what time do you finish? About 4.30, 4 o'clock? 5? 4, 5-ish. And then you'll probably you'll probably stop for a bit until you have to get into the get to the bus and get home. So, for you, it's going to be difficult to remember something from that continuous stream of thought. Whereas, yeah. like, for me, this was quite a still moment. No one else was talking. It was... Uh, I played it beautifully. It was, uh, frankly, Nick, the best moment of my life. Well done. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> what about meeting me? Oh, God, sorry. Oh, I didn't mean nothing by it, brah. I, uh, I, I felt quite ill last week. Oh. I had a couple of weird moments. You were away for, like, pretty much the whole week, weren't mm. you? I was the whole week. On, um, on the Sunday night... I was sat here at my computer playing a game called Rimworld. <laughs> that's not like that's not a hashtag I use to search Pornhub with. There's I'm actually a game called Rimworld. Okay. And um Is it good? I, and sorry, go on. Is it is it good? It, I like it. Well I mean do you see the thing mm. that the thing that's interesting about Steam, and I imagine this is uh most uh, most places where um uh, where you can just leave a review for whatever. I use Steam um, for all of my uh, gaseous vapor needs. There's a there's a weird thing going on uh, on Amazon where you'll read a five star review and mm. the person will say, um, uh, "It didn't wasn't the the item wasn't fit for purpose, but it got delivered quickly enough, so I'm giving it five. Um, the star system doesn't mean anything on that's Amazon. Like, weren't but, we talking about this the other day? That's like the English obsession with the, the how how warm a dinner was. The dinner, I don't the, dinner that. the dinner tasted awful, but it, it was very hot when it was served. Very hot. I don't think that was the other day. I think that was the twenty four hour podcast. It could have been anyone really. And, and we I know. Would, we, and, and we what, did twenty what, minutes on filling out the Just Eat reviews. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Oh, what did, did I tell you? I left a review. Um, I, I left a review on one of these sort of trip websites the other day for a shop we went into um, in the Swan Centre in Eastleigh, and I left the review saying very clean staff, very few, disappointingly, very few swans or something. <laughs> Brilliant. And it's sort of. People love getting. People love reading those, man. Yeah, yeah. They're like this. Brightens my day. Yeah, I hope. I hope that's all I really aim to do is just bring a little bit of sunshine into people's lives because mine's so bleak and uh, depressing. Side, sidebar: I have started using a um, an ad blocker on okay. uh, on Google Chrome just because I I got I got tired mm. of um I got tired of all the shit to be honest, James, yeah. and um. And the only site that it has broken for me completely is the Southampton Daily Echo site, yeah, which is our yeah. local paper. We we and, have <laughs> we have ad blocker on at work, and the Daily Echo hates ad blockers, doesn't it? Yeah, but it's like it's literally the only of all of the of all of the sites of all of the big mm. media sites you go to and stuff. Mm. It's the only one that completely breaks and actually has a passive aggressive message on it. Yeah, and and every every time I've followed a link to the Daily Echo, it's literally been well that uh, that headline doesn't look tedious yeah. and it's local. Maybe I'll click on it and I get there and it's like oh you don't want me to read it. Yeah. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> and then I just close it down again. I, mean, I, I, I feel really grudging about it. I get really annoyed. Shit, what was I going to say? That's my pro- See, the problem is that's my primary experience with it because this isn't interesting. We're talking about ad blockers on Daily Echo. There's no need for me to follow this conversational thread at all, is there? I'm sorry. Oh, it was about, almost like a repairing. What? Oh, yeah, RimWorld. RimWorld. Mm. So uh, basically, uh, someone on uh, Twitter, I think it might have been Kieran Gillen, but the, but it might have been someone else, was bemoaning um, the the Steam Steam being the game, the video game client, the weird Steam review beha- <coughs> review behavior, which is people complaining bitterly about how a game is useless and too expensive and blah blah blah, and then you look at. Uh, the hours played, mm-hmm. and it's something like 562 hours yeah. played. Yeah. Which is just hilarious. People are assholes. They really are. Like, all, almost en masse. Anyway, it's so I wasn't going to it. three solid months of gameplay to decide <laughs> this is shit. This is oh. not good value for money. Yeah, well done. Um, so, um, I mean, the biggest problem with that isn't that people are, are assholes, although people are. It's that people really don't know what they want. That's the the real problem. I think that's why online dating hardly ever works that well. Um, it, it's why it's why people are just so despondent. Why they write um, reviews like that? Why they spend years and years bitching about how a, a, a TV, a movie adaptation of a book or something wasn't quite good enough, um, or, or was awful, or the most evil thing that ever happened, or is three mm. months or like two hours of their life they're never going to get back, or whatever that they then spend several hours of their life complaining about afterwards um it's that it's that people think they know what they want but people are really bad at evaluating what they really want yeah i don't know what i want until i see it i'm not i'm not very good at evaluating what i want i don't really know i know i know for the most part it's probably not something i'm gonna watch i derive a lot more pleasure from listening than i do watching i've got a much lower bar for what i find acceptable if i'm listening to it than if I'm also having to look at it. The less sensory okay. input that I I receive, 
the happier I am with entertainment. So my favourite piece of entertainment is sitting very still and very quiet. Mm-hmm. And then everything else is, um, you know, just sort of um, degrees of disappointment. So it sounds like you've come to terms with your stuff, but it's like I would hazard a guess that if someone uh, if someone spends that many hours of their life sitting at their computer playing a game and just grizzling about it the whole time. Mm then maybe they've misunderstood what it is they enjoy about playing games. Maybe that maybe they just have to accept that that is what they enjoy about playing games and just lean into it. Maybe. And then they can start giving five-star reviews. <laughs> they could start giving five-star reviews. Like, I still, I've played this for six months and I still haven't got to the bottom of the what's the worst thing about it. Have you considered... Five stars, I loved every minute. Have you considered this? The... They are in fact addicted, and what they're demonstrating is ritualized habitual behavior, yeah. which is a sim- you know it's what you do when you're addicted, and yeah. the poor review is just them venting their frustration at the situation they find themselves in because they don't know where to turn to for help but don't don't heroin addicts at least enjoy being high on heroin? I don't know it doesn't look like much fun when you see it in the movies, does it? Well, it just makes kind of lie you very down and... sleepy. I mean, it looks like you've smoked too much dope to me. Well, but you like smoking too much dope, don't you? No, no, no I wouldn't <laughs> want to commit to that. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I'm playing with my Spider-Man toy. Um, <laughs> Is that a euphemism? I, so, no. So, anyway, I, uh, I, I was playing RimWorld, and um, I got a... a, a um, I got very dizzy all of a sudden and thought, oh, oh, I'm probably uh, I, this. I don't think the dizziness was because I was playing the game because it wasn't a really marathon session. But I was like, oh, though, playing the game probably probably isn't helping this sudden weird dizziness and nausea. Mm. Um, I'd better play for another 20 minutes and see if if my uh, prognosis, not my prognosis, if my diagnosis or whatever is correct and after 20 minutes I thought oh another another 10 minutes will really tell me if this is making it worse and so I so I I kept playing and I felt quite but I still felt really bad the next day and I felt weirdly sicky and Mm. nauseous and very floaty and I could catch my breath so I don't think it was an asthma attack but I just felt very oh weird and then it I so I took the day off work and then I was okay the next day and then the Thursday I was waiting at the bus stop, having dropped off my son. Noah is I on Thursdays and Fridays. I take him. Uh, Amy drops us off. I take him and Max to the childminder, and then I take him, Noah, on a bus to. I, I walk him to the bus stop. Then we go down to uh, his preschool, and I drop him off there. And most days now, that's really one of the best times of my life. I love it because he went through a phase of where he, he didn't really have the energy to do the walking, but now he really has fun doing it, and he'll run, and, and we'll play this game where he's jumping on drains and stuff like that, and, and the rules seem to change depending on at the extent to which I try and join in, which is interesting. So if I try and join in, he'll tell me to stop copying him, but then he'll tell me I have to go behind him. I've been in relationships like that. I have to walk behind him, um, and then I'd have to walk him. But it's fun. It's actually really nice. But I dropped him off, and then I went to the bus stop, and I had a sudden... Um, um, 
uh, dizzy spell again and I thought I was going to pass out. And then on Friday, but I made it to work as well. You're typing. I can hear it. No. It's really loud. No, I'm not. Yeah, um, I am a little bit. So, How do you um, spell immersive? I-M-M-E-R-S-I-V-E. Yeah, good. That was right. So, um, so but, but I managed to make it to work. And then on Friday, I had a similar time, but I went into work. And suddenly there was a stomach, um, a bunch of stomach symptoms attached to the whole thing. And I was really like full of... Bloopy or poopy? Or farty? Well, very windy. And then... And then there was lots of poo, but there was also lots of wind. I ended up having to go home. People, um... They probably sent... wanted you to go home, didn't they? Yeah, no, they wanted me to go home because apparently I looked a bit green, which I don't I don't like. Um, I don't really agree with presenteeism, so normally if I think I'm going to be that ill, mm. I will pull the plug before I even leave the house because there's nothing worse than making it all the way into work when you could have just had a lie-in. With your legs covered in shit. Well, no, there wasn't... I, I made it to the toilet, James. Oh, here's the thing. So what's the etiquette? I'm asking for a friend. Okay. Right. If you work at a place where the toilets are quite often... They quite often block up. Not, mm. I think, because of stuff that's in them. Just because the plumbing's really bad. If you work <laughs> in a place like that... Yeah. And you're in the toilet... Uh, uh, you're in the toilet when the cleaner uh, cleaner knocks on the door and says, Is anybody in here? Um, I wasn't trying to do an accent. That's just how I talk when I'm yeah. I'm imagining being a cleaner. Um, and and you say, "Oh, I'm just finishing," and then you finish, and and then the the flush doesn't quite work. Oh, you stay. Do you just you just you have see, to stay? You see it out, mate. Never you never make your shit someone else's problem. It's yours. There's a receptacle there for you to put it in. You take care of it. That person I is just, that person is not paid enough to take care of your shit. I don't um I don't think it's I don't think it I mean I understand the importance of that and in a normal all things being equal in a normal circumstance that is what I believe is the right thing to do. Not that this has ever happened to me, but if it mm-hmm. had yeah, no, it that is, is what I believe would be the the right thing to do. It unequivocally you, is the right thing to do. If you work in a place where the the um, plumbing will quite often, like on particular bowls, will quite often not work for several hours at a time, like sometimes days, what are you achieving by staying in there? I don't know. I find it unlikely that this situation would arise. I think I think potentially a system would uh, fill very slowly. I find it very hard to believe that a toilet would consider to be in service if it was unable to flush for out extended periods, hours on end. They, they it's would, a recurring, would, it's a recurring take, problem. They would take the toilet out of uh, out service, surely. It's a recurring problem. Sometimes these toilets they block up even when I don't know how you it, take toilets that are in the middle of a t- in the middle of a seven-story building out of service. You put tape over the door and say out of use. I am. Um, well, but- I think your friend is possibly embellishing the scale of the issue that um, it was still there when I went back have- about three or four hours what, later, man. What, what the poo? Yeah. Well, maybe every, the, every maybe time cleaner, every time I needed every you, time I needed the a wee, looked at it and thought, "I'm not dealing with that. That's his shit." No, no, no. Listen, later. you are jumping to conclusions. You're right. No, I listen. am for comic effect. <laughs> um, every like I I need to go for a wee quite often at this point in my life, and basically every time I went up there, 
I I popped into that cubicle and flushed the chain again. It wasn't. It was not. Listen, it, it had nothing to. I have seen toilets in this particular bank of cubicles block up when there was nothing apparent in the bowl. I have a it's quest- just the plumbing in that building. I have a question. Did you say what? pull the chain? Push the button. Did you go through a portal to uh, the outhouse of a 1930s northern just miner's a, cottage? A... <sighs> James, we're not that old. They still had chains when we were young, you big silly. I know, but I, I preferred the image that I conjured up. This is an outlander. Of, it's a sort of grubby 1970s, 1980s gents' toilets full of fucking paedophiles. Uh, pedal pedals falling off. Oh, don't! It's so stressful. Yeah, I you think... didn't die though. How do you know? Well, because you've got... I don't know if you're a ghost. The, the evidence you've got is pretty tenuous at best. I would say. <laughs> Your voice—it's just yeah. a voice in my headphones. Yeah, and you haven't said mushy mushy to me yet. So, for all you know, for all you know, it might I mean... be a ghost. I and at least one other person could hear you typing. It seems very unlikely that would be the case if you were a ghost. There might have been a ghost typing. How do you know? I might be a poltergeist. I might be a poltergeist that can do typing. If you were a ghost, you'd definitely be a fucking poltergeist. No, I wouldn't, because it looks too much effort. I'd be the sort of ghost that just like finds somebody fancies watching on YouTube, like you know, weathering techniques for scale modelling, <laughs> just sit yeah, watch, no, just sit like... watch hours of that. Poltergeist are the petty, needy ghosts of the of the uh, <laughs> of the afterworld. I had um, we all had them, didn't we? But I had not an uncle who um, were <laughs> were convinced they had uh, they had a poltergeist when I was a kid. And the story, it, uh, the story uh, goes that I'm allowing myself to be distracted. Uh, that's that is quite funny though, Mike. Um, <laughs> The story goes that they had this house, and I think I might have told you before, but I'm going to tell you again. They had this house, and they claimed that they had a poltergeist that used to rattle stuff about. But they also uh-huh. they also uh, said that it um, manifested itself once uh, mm. as a uh, as a bird who uh, flew around the room, smashed into some stuff, and because uh, I was young and I didn't have it, and then this was like you know everyone used to talk about this because this was a uh, quite a big spooky thing not for nothing but the temperature's really dropped where i am at the moment maybe there is a ghost in this uh it's cold man maybe you're the ghost um listen well, so here's I the thing no, here's I the thing i know about story oh come on then finish <laughs> it <laughs> fucking hell i can't i can't finish under this sort of pressure tell me you love me again listen like all of the ghosts in your house have gathered round because they love stories about ghosts. <laughs> they have, that's you've, got, you've got to bring it home, otherwise they're going to be so disappointed. <laughs> you might be right. So, so, um, I, so yeah, this and this was quite... Uh, everyone would, would talk about it uh, yeah. uh, on uh, every every available opportunity in our, in our family. What it occurs to me now as a fully grown adult is, uh, A, they lived in an old house that had movement, and mm-hmm. uh, secondly, they must have just had the fucking window open. And also, they lived above like a, a tube line. <laughs> the, no, I don't. No, they were quite. They were funny. They were quite. I, I don't. I don't know how they made their money, but they weren't. They weren't poorly off. When I first got to know them, they lived in a like a, you know, in Bournemouth. They there were those. I don't know if they're still there, but there's those really nice flats near one of the winter gardens. 
And it's all sort of, you know, they would have been, in the 70s, they'd have been quite well to do sort of town flat houses. Yeah. Uh, but I don't, I have no idea how uh, uh, this remove, how, how they made their money, because they were always just retired people. All of, all of that generation, and my dad's side, they were all retired and all seemed to have a shitload of cash for some reason. But none of them, as I remember, were like super successful like business people or anything like that. So I don't know where to make. Maybe I. Well, no, my granddad was a prison officer. So I don't do you think they stole. Do you think they stole uh, uh, belongings off dead people they found in the Blitz and stuff? No, no, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I know they all had war pensions. They used to go on about war pensions. So maybe the war pension was That's generous. what they call their war pension. That's what they call it, their war pension. Oh, I know. It all makes sense. So, yeah. yeah, you see. So, um, None of that money I, uh, came down to my generation, obviously. So, um, well, no, we wouldn't have known what to do with it. We'd have just squandered it. Well, I'd have paid the mortgage, fed my child. Yeah, just waste. Complete waste yeah. of money. Yeah, waste. So, um... So this is a podcast about uh, uh, parenting, uh, being being uh, rambly, uh, ridiculous men. Uh, it's called Two Grown Men. You can listen to all of the previous episodes at twogrownmen.net. That's to the number two, grownmen.net. Uh, there's a Twitter account for the uh, podcast. It's at 2GM Pod. I know it's something weird because I've had to lock down my personal account. And I realised uh, I got into an argument with someone using the Two Grown Men account the other Brilliant. day. Thanks for that. And they um and they uh, uh dismissed what I was saying because uh I I uh, I had I got hardly any followers, and that and I re I realised there was that odd moment where I realised that my personal account has loads more. Loads, loads more followers than I don't know why, but the um the two grown men and we have issues. Uh, Twitter accounts don't have many people on them. Yeah, I think yeah. It's a well, shame. Yeah, but anyway, um, uh, so and there's also a Facebook page at Two Grown Men. Uh, we are Patreon supported. That's patreon.com forward slash totp. If you give us more than two dollars a month. Uh, there is an extra supplemental podcast with James and his daughter. I'm rushing through this because I want to get to the fact that you can also, if you're listening to this and you're not on the Mixler at the moment, you can listen to us recording this live, if that's something you'd want to do, at Mixler.com. It's Mixler.com forward slash the dash other dash ten dash live forward slash. Is there a shorter version of that? Yeah, probably. Uh, that's eight o'clock on um, eight o'clock on Mondays, and you well, can eight, eight o'clock ish. Eight o'clock ish, and you can uh, if you follow the Facebook page or one of us, James. What are you at Twitter on Twitter? Oh, uh, James Mom, which is James M O M B. Yeah. So if you follow the main Twitter account, or James, or I, I'm Nick Site, or the Facebook page. Um, we'll normally announce when we're about to go on Mixler. The main reason yeah. I wanted to mention it is um, is uh, Mike, uh, who is a friend of ours, is uh, is in the chat room at the moment, mm. which is lovely, lovely to see him. Also, though, um, uh, uh, somewhat fulfilling or proving my hypothesis about how ghosts love to hear stories about ghosts. Mm. Um, while James was talking about his uh, his grave robbing relatives. Um, and their their ghostly house. You know that story that seemed to take about twenty minutes that he was telling earlier on about ghosts. Um, we we got two more people in the chat room who are apparently from elsewhere. 
All right, so like the other side, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Just somewhere else. Or, I mean, maybe Oxford. Don't I, don't, I don't know. Oxford? Milton give... Keynes. Oh, I had my 21st there. Don't give me North the Korea. Willy. You had your 21st. That seems like something that bears, bears talking about. Yeah, but I've told you before, and when I say it was in a big warehouse rave in Milton oh, Keynes, right, okay. oh, yeah, I knew that. That's boring. I lost my... I lost it my wasn't beat. like... I lost my beanie at though, Nick, and I'm still upset about the ride. A really nice Adidas beanie at. Uh-huh. I, I lost it, and I'm still pissed off because I'd, I'd in, still wear it this day. It's a very nice one. And Milton Keynes. Milton Keynes, yeah. Uh, Helter Skelter. Look, whoop, whoop. listen. The basically, right? If you um, if you wanted to go and find it, it would be easy for a few people, maybe uh, ten or twenty or two or three hundred to because Milton Keynes is built on that grid structure mm. it would be easy to divide it up and try and find your beanie hat I reckon probably definitely we could all like take a sector each yeah and the thing is though this was let's see how old am I now this would have been 1996 um I I, I don't know oh god I feel so old I don't I don't know um, <laughs> how easy it'd be to find it now Probably not. Do you think, I mean, and it'd be smaller than you remember. Yeah, it always is, isn't it? (laughs) Because we're all so much bigger. I'm I'm so much bigger. Your head's swollen seven sizes since I... Oh, here's the thing, as Mike's Uh, in the room. I'm circling around and around it, and I just can't make a dick joke, and I don't know why. Uh, I've got, um, sorry... The some of my colleagues. Did I tell you that um, one of my colleagues is lovely and very, very intelligent, but he's not that worldly. He grew up in the Middle East. You have never um, told me any of your colleagues are lovely. And no, the, oh, the current batch are really lovely. You seem to universally have, hate them. No, no, no. I I have a difficult. Um, I have certain difficult relationships at work. At work, they're mainly with legacy people who are still around. Oh, okay. The, the most recent batch of people who I started working with are lovely. I joined a, um, a writing group a couple of weeks ago. Oh, good for you, dude. S- since we last recorded. Um, I'll tell you the, I'll tell you a story about that in a minute. But like one of my colleagues is, isn't, um, um, isn't that, uh, worldly really in some ways. Uh, partly because he didn't grow, he didn't grow up in this country, and also he's got a very literal. He's very intelligent, but he's got a very literal way of um, of, of seeing things. And um, and so we were talking, and I don't know how we got onto the subject, but uh, I might have mentioned this before. But I mentioned bears in passing. Yes, I saw you uh, tweeting about bears. Yeah, and it did not occur to me. I think because I spent so much time with you and with our little social group. And nearly all of the other people I've met over the last few years obviously know know um, about that uh, that uh, I guess gay archetype or whatever. Mm. Um, it, it hadn't occurred to me that I'd have to explain it. Luckily, uh, there were a couple other people in the group who knew what I was talking. About. So it made me rediscover Bear Force One, which I think. Yeah. <laughs> who was it? Was it Mike who actually shared that with us in the I, first place? I have no memory. Um, actually, part of me thinks it might have been James. Our friend James, actually, or it could have been Mike. I don't know. I tried, um, I tried sharing it at work on like the internal messages system. So I watched a bit of it, yeah. And I was like, it is quite rude, actually. There's lots of, there's lots of gyrating and and nudity under showers and stuff. 
it's quite exciting. Not They're all really. too tall for me, though. I don't like tall men or women. I don't like tall people. All right, fuck you. Yes, isn't it, Mike? I don't, I don't think... Isn't it a gay archetype? I thought it was a gay archetype. I don't know. I bow to everybody else's knowledge on that. I only knew. I only found out what it. What it. Like, I don't need heard about it for the first time. With Bear Force One, I think. Yeah, God bless them. Wonder what they're up to now. Probably still rocking. Good. Good for or them. Dancing. Yeah. Music. So- musicking. Euro popping. Is that a noun? <laughs> I'm just letting you go, to be honest with you. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, the other day one of my colleagues uh, was heading out to lunch and I hadn't got any lunch yet. And it's one of the people I really like. So, um, and it's difficult. It's difficult for me because, as you know, I don't um, um, like like many people <laughs> or, or feel that comfortable around them. Um, I don't really trust people that much. So... Um, so it was kind of, I, I, I think I get hilariously awkward at these. Well, I find it hilarious. I don't know if other people do. And, um, so she was, uh, I asked her if she was going to, if she was about to go to lunch, she was heading out the room and she said, well, sort of, I've eaten, but, um, I'm going to, um, a writer, writing group that I go to. And I had no idea. I think I, she, she writes plays. So I knew she did that. I didn't know she wrote prose as well. Um, or that there was this writing group. So, um, and I hadn't really considered... I'm not a joiner. Part of the reason I set up Elephant Words in the first place was because I couldn't picture... I don't understand the social rules in other sorts of writing communities. So the only way I could envisage doing something like that was to um, set up a place where I could have some... I'd definitely know the rules because I was the one who came up with them. Yeah, that doesn't sound familiar to me. Yeah, so um Oh, and hey, you know how um you know how Elephant Words had that seven day uh that, that six day routine that ran across seven days and there were six writers at any given time writing across a seven day week <laughs> and uh and, and the way it worked was it worked on a six week cycle and um and 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 you know how over the course of the years that it was running i used to be uh, i used to get a little bit frustrated with people because people used to seem to have a lot of trouble understanding um that uh, that particular schedule and that sequence and um, and it's just made perfect sense to me it made absolutely perfect sense how does that not make sense you've got six people running across seven uh, seven day thing that means everybody gets their turn at a monday in a six week cycle and a tuesday and a wednesday and a thursday and etc etc made perfect sense to me why do other people have so much trouble understanding it you might know yeah. where i'm going with this james no i have no idea um, how how was there ever any doubt that I might be a bit autistic? <laughs> um, well, to be fair, um, there's professional doubt. So, you know, I don't feel too bad. <laughs> I just... Anyway, um, dangers of self-diagnosing aside, all the, all, all the awesome fun of self-diagnosing aside... Have you, managed to, have you managed to get the internet to convince you that you've also got cancer of your autism? Sorry. No, I try not your, to... Uh, cancer of your not-autism. You shared a thing the other day that said, anxiety attacks don't just look like this. They mm. can also look like... Mm. And I think that what was it, it was intended as was, it could be one of these things... They mm. could come out as one of these things because some mm. of them seem to be contradictory or like not compatible with each other. And I was looking down it, thinking, "Well, I have all of those all at once, all the time." Yeah, I don't. 
<laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so uh, do, do, um, you know, do you know what the funny thing is? Is but you don't consider that you might have anxiety. Oh no, I've definitely got anxiety. Oh, well, there you are. I've definitely got anxiety. I just don't think the anxiety comes from. I mean, the 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 I, things. I that just co- don't think I deserve to be treated for it. No, the things that <laughs> cause the anxiety. Mm. I've got like I, I've got um, in inhalers, and I've had uh, I've had medication mm-hmm. for like when I've when I've had uh, when stuff's gone mm-hmm. really bad, but it doesn't change the underlying. I still think the way the things I get anxious about are like the the ways I get into those cycles are the things where I think about things in different ways than all of the other people I know think okay. about them. So, like your your not autism drives it. Yeah, so if I'm if I'm forced into a if I'm forced into a situation where um where those things start to start to trigger off each other like if I'm I mean meetings meetings can be a bit of a crunch point if I am emotionally invested in a meeting mm. which you know I get around it by not really being emotionally invested in most of the meetings I go to but at the point when someone lies I can normally just or or says something that I know came from someone else, or is obfuscation, or something like that. I can normally allow it once, but once people start doubling down on it, mm. and then um, and then other people start throwing in with it, and I see all of those patterns coming up, and it, it seems so obvious to me, but it isn't obvious to other people. That can be one of the things that sets me off. Um, you can imagine what like the current political climate's like for me. Yeah, no, no. Well, I, I think I think for a lot of us that. That, I think it's driving a lot ang- of people. That feel anxiety—it's a horrible, deeply unpleasant roller coaster. Yeah, but that sense of injustice and that—that that like, um, people, people choosing to ignore stuff because it's the social contract that you ignore it. Mm. The, the, the uncontrollable, the, exa- the uncontrollable exasperation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but so my colleague was going off to. Um, the writing thing, and she said, "Why didn't you come?" And um, because she's she's quite sarcastic. I love her actually, but like she's um she's quite she wouldn't probably invite me if she didn't. She's not the sort of person who would just invite someone just to be nice, sort of thing. If it was going to be a pain in the ass, she just wouldn't bother inviting you. I think is what I think. So I, I knew that the invite was genuine, but I had that moment which is like, well, but I don't like meeting new groups of people. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I do that? And I said, oh, when, how often does it happen? And she said, once a fortnight. And I said, oh, could I maybe think about it and like sort of uh, G myself up for it? Can and you she give said, me time yeah, to talk fine. myself out of it? Well, she said, fine, no pressure or whatever. And, and then like, by the time she'd put her coat on, I was like, actually, do they do food there? Can I come? <laughs> And it was Dude. nice, and we were just talking about writing and and just talking about how difficult it is to write anything at the moment because everything everything feels too important at the moment. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yes, it um, does. But it's and I and I think that like I don't know if I'm going to become more productive because of it, although I might. But it is nice to. I've um I it's it's funny maybe we haven't talked about it, but like. I have actually, I've got a little social group of people that I work with very closely where we do tend to go off for lunches and have quite nice chats and stuff like every couple of weeks or whatever, which I haven't had for such a, um, well, forever really. So um, 
I think since my first job. No, that's not that's not fair actually because when I worked in a library, there were a few of us who were who were kind of spent a lot of time with each other socially as well. But um, certainly in this in this place, I've gone something like eight or nine years and not really had that. Um, yeah. And I don't think I'd real. I don't think I missed it. I don't think I realised I missed it. But um, it, I definitely like it. But then you see the problem with that is once um, once I start having a nice time with people socially, then. I give a shit what they think about me, which is something I try really hard not to do most of the time. Uh-huh. Um, and so now if I say something um, and I don't get quite the reaction from one of the people whose opinion matters to me, I'm, I'm expecting to, it can throw me into disarray in a way that like most of the, that's just a sort of a social anxiety that I haven't really had to deal with at work for such a long time. Yeah, because I just used to piss. You know, I I kind of knew that the people I worked with didn't really get me, and and so there were no stakes really in in that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't it's know. nice. It's nice to be surrounded by people that you like to be spending time with. I like it. I I feel the same. I feel very fortunate. So it's good. Uh, Michael, if if we can find someone who is willing to name a whole new condition after me, I think that would just make everybody's lives a lot easier, wouldn't it? Probably. Now, Nick, as you know, I've got a uh, hard um, a hard out. A hard. So, oh, yeah. Uh, we should we should probably wrap this up. Oh, oh yes, it is gone nine o'clock. Um, yes. So, how do we normally wrap it up? Do you normally do a wrap? Yep. Um, I'm, I'm rapping now. I'm rapping for fun. I like currants on a bun. I um, like your mama. I like to... Never mind. I, I like your mama. I like her bum. Uh, I'd like it if she were to serve me a plum. Upon there was this thumb. story about a car that was covered in cum. It's oh. more of a beat poetry thing. Yeah. I think. You really fucked my <laughs> flow then. <laughs> Do you know, I, I, I kid you not. I was uh, I was I was queuing up for uh, I was queuing up for a sub, uh, subway because where I work there's a subway because there's right. a subway everywhere now, and there's yeah. this 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 young man in front of me who was wearing um, what I would have called twenty years. How worship. young was he? Well, I don't know. I, di- I didn't have an opportunity to ask. Oh, but, sorry. Uh, he he was wearing uh, what I would have uh, called twenty years ago. I'd have called a shell suit, right. and um. And he, he had this kind of really weird. Um, he was quite arrogant in the way that he was talking to the person assembling his sandwich, but at the same at the same time, it was like deep down he knew he wasn't really that person. So yeah. it'd be yeah, uh, tomato, lots of mayo. Thank you. And it's yeah. didn't the, the the two things didn't really. Um, gel very well i i thought what a poor man he's he's so conflicted this young boy yeah and he had he had quite lank brown hair also that's the other thing i noticed about him i don't know whether it was product or he just had lank hair felt sorry for the guy in subway what a horrible job that must be yeah the people you have to deal with especially down at the hospital and they all think they're better than you and that's not fair you, you, yeah if they were better yeah. than you why would they need to be at a hospital well, you know, they they could be working. I mean, you know, 
it's not just like because they've got unemployment. <laughs> and we can't do anything for that, I'm afraid. Well, in my case, they have. But there's only a number of people they can treat for that condition at any one time. <laughs> I think uh, on that bombshell, um, it is it is time for us to... Oh, did you notice that Jeremy... You know Jeremy Clarkson says that, and he basically you, lifted it off Alan Partridge. Do you know That's ref- weird, isn't I it? I refuse to pay any fucking attention to Jeremy Clarkson anymore. Jeremy Clarkson always signs off with on that bombshell, and I'm pretty sure he lifted it from Alan Partridge, which is really weird because I would say that Alan Partridge is is basically a piss take of celebrities. Like of course, it is Jeremy uh, Clarkson. Why? Why do you think it is that I I find uh, the Grand Tour so easy to ignore, but Top Gear felt more ubiquitous, even though I've just as much choice. License fee. It's about the license fee. Is it? Oh, I don't, I I don't think really so. look. I, I've got an attitude towards the license fee, but as in everyone, it's nice to have. Uh, I've got opinion. Uh, I've got opinions about. Let's see. Shall we go through the things I've got opinions about? Uh, we don't have time, but we should do that for the next episode. Uh, I worry I like, about um, the. Po- I worry about the polar bears, Nick. Do you? I really do. Okay. Uh, thank you to our, thank you to the people in the chat room. You're awesome. Thanks to, uh, our listeners, especially to Mike, who's kept us company, um, a, a lot. Uh, I think that's a rude thing he's saying about his, his boyfriend. I was always craving Something a like- sub. But he, he has a lot of time for the subway people, so that's good. He means uh, the people who serve in subway, I believe, not the Morlocks you, of, think, um, X-Men you, and HG think- Wells fame. Do you think he's saying Jesse's got a foot long, and now he doesn't? I don't. I don't know. Was that even H.G. Wells? Am I getting confused? What with a foot long penis? The Morlocks and the foot long penis. I think H.G. Wells had a foot long penis. How big? Um, how big, big would a Morlocks penis be? Uh, and what about them little warthogs that have got penises that are virtually the same length as them? That doesn't seem practical. Any I animal, it... any animal that's got a penis that essentially, by by design, drags along the floor is a fucked up animal, in my opinion. Who wants thank... a penis dragging along the fucking floor? Uh, thank you to the listeners. You're also awesome. Um, come join us in the chat room sometime. It's uh, it's real. It's real fun. It's awesome. And um and there are ghosts there apparently sometimes. And um and thank you uh to, to you, James. Thank you to you, Nick. You Nick. Oh and uh, we're Patreon support at Patreon.com forward slash T O T P. Uh bye. Mm-hmm.